This is episode number four of Fam Life with Phil Gomez on the Rising Man podcast. Our guest for today is Dr. T. Karima Tisit. Now, Dr. T. Karima Tisit is one of the most humble people that I know, so I'm a flex and talk her shit for her over here. She's a partera and midwife who has dedicated her life to the ceremony of birth. Her studies include institutions such as Berkeley and NYU and the University of Rhode Island and SUNY Downstate Medical Center in Brooklyn, where she did her midwifery studies. T. is a mother of three boys. She is the co-founder and co-director of traditional doula and midwifery art which is focused on providing education and support to aspiring doulas and birth workers, all for the sake of making sure that all birthing partners, despite their socioeconomic background, have the birth support they need. She has authored six books. She is an indigenous woman of Mexica and Widarica roots, and she finds time to do all of this, which I find to be the most incredible thing. Now, in this vibrant conversation, we talk about T's journey as a midwife and how she views birth as a ceremony. We talk about how men can be more supportive of their pregnant partners. We talk about men's innate sense of care and nurturing and how that really kicks in during labor and when you have a new child. We talk about what a man's role is during labor, as well as how birth workers are not there to replace dad. We also talk about the importance of men talking about birth and fatherhood amongst themselves. That and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stick around for the whole thing. Without further ado, here is Dr. T cutting the seat. One of my favorite people in the whole world. So Dr. T. Karima Tisit, it's good to see you, sis. I'm really glad to be sitting across the screen from you. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Nice and warm. Calling in from Jersey after uh, doing a bunch of work today, visiting moms and prenatal care and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you are definitely one of the most hardest working people that I know. You know, your commitment to uh, to families and supporting the life givers is really commendable. Uh, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to all the listeners here? Yeah. Well, hi. Thanks for having me here. Um, uh, let's see. My parents are Maria and Avelino Vasquez. Um, both are in the spirit world now. Um, they gave birth to me in California, small town, Solari. Um our families, their families come from uh, Jalisco and Zacatecas, Mexico. And yeah, I was born and raised out there in Cali, but I've been on the East Coast for the past 16 years. And I'm a mother of three boys, Asha, Kuao, and Tlet. Uh, my youngest birthday is today. Uh, his birthday is today. Tlet, he's turning seven. Um, yeah, so I moved out here originally for just for school to get my master's and then I've, I've stayed out here. But um, I got a couple of masters, a PhD, ran a few books. Um, that's just kind of the academic part. Uh, and I've been a licensed midwife in New Jersey and New York since 2019. Um, but yeah, no, my, my heart, my life uh, goes around, evolves around ceremony so i'm a danzante mexica with uh, now calculis or chiquetzal um active in the native american church 
and the Mascalways. Um, so yeah, that's how I love to live uh, life as ceremony, right? Honor birth as ceremony. So that's really what matters um, in this world to me. Yeah, just a little bit about me right there. <laughs> just a little bit. That's incredible. Yeah, you're you're an incredibly well-rounded person. Um, and I really love the way that you talk about birth and birth as a ceremony and really looking forward to dive into that in a little bit. Um, but first I'm, I'm curious what made you get into birth work and being a midwife? What called you to that, that path? Yeah. Well, I honestly, when I, when I think back to it, it was when I was pregnant with my oldest son, Ashayaka. He's uh, 15 now. He'll be 16 this November. And um, there was just, you know, something in that pregnancy sitting. I remember sitting in a peyote ceremony all night and I was finishing my master's degree, had applied to all these uh, doctorate programs throughout the country. So that was my focus. Like I thought I wanted to be a professor, but I remember sitting in the, in the ceremony and praying with the medicine, with the fire and just being pregnant with him. And the first time, like that thought of like uh, going into birth work and, um, you know, I meet a lot of birth workers nowadays and everyone can kind of trace back to their family uh, someone either giving birth at home or, or someone in the family being some type of birth worker, if not the midwife, a doula or some, you know, assisting that way. Um, and I, I honestly never had that. I never, I can't trace it back. I grew up in the foster care system. Um, so for me, it was really just sitting with the hikuri and the fire and being pregnant that I was like, something awakened in me and I was like, well, how am I going to do this? If I'm like already, you know, I had been accepted to all these programs for my PhD. Um, so it was something that was put on, on hold for a little bit and it all happened for a reason. Then, then after my first son, I, I had a and Tlet and, um, my other two sons. And so it all worked out. Like I started midwifery school when, it was six months old and now he's seven today so um yeah that that was the spark of it and then now it's like you know with the medicine with the fireplace in my brain like this is my lifelong commitment like I meet elder midwives grandma midwives who are 80 90 years old still doing this work not in the U.S. but abroad and I'm like that's you know, that's, I'm in it for the long haul. Like this is my way of life. It's not even work. It's just something that I, yeah, tapped into in ceremony and and honor it birth like that as ceremony. So I want to just keep walking that way with, with women, with men, with life givers, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's really inspirational. I think when anyone is really connected to their, to their purpose, to their calling. Um, you know, it really never comes off as work. And I know uh, I've been lucky enough to spend time around you and just to hear how you talk about birth and how you talk about the the service that you're doing for people. Um, it, it's like you always smile when you talk about it. And I think that's a really, that's a really good metric on uh, if you're doing the right thing in life. Um, and you always seem to have enough energy for it, which I know is uh, quite taxing for the people that, you know, 
that are listening, I know, like I told you, it's a lot of guys. So a lot of us uh, either don't have kids yet, or maybe didn't have um, home births, just like give a little glimpse of what it looks like for you to show up and support a family, maybe like what a busy week will look like for you. Yeah, well, I could think back to um, my January births just a couple months ago. Um, I usually take three or four moms a month just because uh, I'm a solo practice. I, you know, I, I solo midwife don't have a midwife partner. So, um, for that, but like sometimes, so I like to space them out too. When, when moms call me, um, I'm always like, well, when's your due date? So <laughs> space them out throughout the month and no January, there was like Thursday, Friday and Saturday, all back to back three births. Um, so yeah, I've gone like, I think my max is like in four days, probably six hours of sleep. And that just, that doesn't mean just going to the birth. Like, um, I mean, still taking my sons to school, making them dinner, you know, like, uh, all, all that. So it's, uh, you, you just, yeah, like there's, there's the births. Um, but then, um, there's my three sons. So it's like balancing it all. So I, I could handle, I think about yeah, four days with no sleep or about three to six hours. And after that, that's it. So, but that's like when, you know, the due date is a guest date. So we don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be that day. So that's, that happened in January, um, in the beginning. And then the same thing, actually, my February moms decided to give birth at the end of January. So I had five births in January and, and then February got a little break. There was one. So, it's, and then now it's like uh, do it all over again for March. Back on. Yeah, so I'm I'm on call pretty much twenty four seven all year long um, because I commit to every mom like you know at thirty seven weeks. Um, but but I've made it a point to take uh, now like one month off from births. Yeah. Or yeah. So one month a year you'll take off to kind of take care of yourself, focus on that self care. Yeah, for, for, from births. I still end up doing prenatal care here and there but and postpartum visits, but it, it just depends. Like February, I also just had that one birth. So I had like a lot of self-care, a lot of like time with the boys and it just, birth is, you just don't know when, you know, there's the guest date, but you just don't know, so... So it, it varies, but yeah, I'm committed. Like I'm, if I'm, if I commit to a family as their midwife, that's it. You, you know, you got to commit to that ceremony and no matter what show up. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's not always that it's Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but when it is, you just gotta be ready. You gotta do it. Yeah. I think you, you were saying that, uh, you just never know with birth and, you know, in the red roadways, we talk about the great mystery a lot. And uh, I know for me, that was that was like a concept that I, I really had to think about a lot. And then, uh, you know, once once I found out my wife was pregnant with our first child, our son, Cyprus, um, it really hit like, dang, this is you really have no idea when it's going to come, what like what it's going to look like, how it's going to happen. And I think um, I think for a lot of guys, that's really difficult. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of men, and obviously this is a big generalization, but 
I'm saying it because I work with a lot of men and I think there's some truth to it. Uh, a lot of men really like to plan, be prepared, be like equipped, know exactly what's going to happen. And then, you know, able to be efficient and execute and birth is really not like that at all. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I guess, the question that comes up for me is that's pretty physically taxing, right? To go four days, you know, six hours of sleep over those four days. And obviously it's not like you, like that for you all the time. Um, but what really, what fills you up through that time where you have to do, you know, you have to be of service in that way to that extent. Uh, what really like fills you up, charges you, excites you, that enables you to um, continue to press through that? Yeah. I mean, like every um, mom, dad, family that, you know, hires me as their midwife, it, it's different. Like um, there are some that I've, from the very beginning, they just, you know, even before they got pregnant, they're like already looking for a midwife. So of course that relationship of, you know, of 10 months of knowing each other before the birth is real strong and amazing. And, and that's, what does it for me? Like, it's not just uh, somebody who found me online and hired me. There's a relationship. Like mm -hmm. when you share that sacred space of birth and there's that 10 month of, you know, because the, there's prenatal visits every four weeks until you're 28 weeks, every two weeks to 36 and every week till you give birth. So there's, you know, we're not just talking about your vitals. Uh, yeah, we do the blood pressure, listen to the baby's heart, measure the belly, um, all the vitals, right? But there's also, you know, it's not a 15 minute visit. There's a whole, sometimes an hour or more. And we're talking about like real life uh, things in our, in our personal lives. And so those relationships, like these moms, life givers become not just a client, there's, you know, my, some we're friends now and they're very like sisters, you know? So mm -hmm. that's what like at the birth, yes, I, I love birth. That's so beautiful. The miracle of life is just beyond words, but you know, the more and more I go to birth, it's not that for me anymore. It's the, the relationships and working from like, um, from a true, like, um, trauma-informed consent also and like creating these bonds with different life givers who have suffered encountered lived so much like like whether it's traumatic or not in their life like you know it's like yeah I'm gonna be there I I could relate to that I've been through that I know somebody else who had it worse you know like I'm showing up and so yeah it's it's the the emotions the relationships the commitment um and then there are the moms who hire me like very last minute, like, hey, uh, I met you Friday, you gave birth Saturday. And that's different. It's different. But there's, you know, that that's the other hormones, the adrenaline rushes in, like, you know, the baby's coming, like it, it's, it, it varies, it varies. But in the end, my whole thing is if I'm committing to you, like, you know, I'm putting my life like there for you. And this birth is about life and death. Like it's not you know, what we see in the movie. So then, yeah, like that's what keeps, I mean, me going at least for four days so far. Like I haven't, uh, yeah, gone past that, but like, yeah, it's, it's very special, but there's, there's meaning, you know, behind every birth, every life giver, every family. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm hearing that 
that element of the interpersonal connection, the relationship that that bond that you develop with these moms is more than just uh, making sure you have a safe birth, right? It's it's about taking care of them as a whole, like that really that holistic care. Um, and I can really see how that that'll fuel you up, you know, because it's like you don't just see a, a birthing mom, you see a, a sister, you see a relative, you see someone that's like participating in this ceremony of life. Um, so speaking of ceremony of life, I really love the way that you talk about birth and, um, you know, being a man and working with a lot of fathers, I know there's this, uh, initial excitement when men find out that their partners are pregnant. And then I think very quickly we get into the logistical aspect of it. You know, how are we going to get our finances straight? How are we going to make sure everything's together? And like, just thinking about that aspect of being ready. And I think uh, in tapping into that logistical mind, we can really lose sight of the big picture of like what's actually happening here. Um, you know, the, the fact that a new life is coming to this earth plane. So just curious if you're able to talk about birth a little bit from that aspect to just kind of shine a light on, you know, what's happening. Yeah. I mean, every birth it's, it's so different, right? Like, um, I meet a lot of, uh, families from different backgrounds. So their, their, their culture, their religion beliefs, like their, their family, the different families, like all that like impacts or makes a difference. Right. And, um, you know, at least when the, when, with this whole pandemic, when it first happened, like, um, I was getting a lot of phone calls actually from men, from the fathers who were like my wife or so-and-so's, you know, my partner's going to have a home birth. And I was like, uh, yeah, cool. Like that's, can I talk to her, you know, cause she has to kind of agree to it. So there was a lot of that happening. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's also every relationship cause you know, I feel life is one big observation, right? So I'm always observing all these, uh, I get to go into a lot of homes and I get to learn from a lot of different couples, whether it's man, woman, men, you know, woman, woman, or even not those titles because all the pronouns now, but like, um, and there's partners that are married and then there's the ones that not. And so th there's a lot of different relationships that I, that I see. And um, I learn from it because uh, there are the, like, I really have come to see people who truly, truly like I feel it. And sometimes I don't know. I feel no matter how much we study, we don't know anything, but you feel right. And I feel like they really, really love each other. And there's, it's so beautiful. They're, you know, creating life together. They're creators. Right. And then there's the ones that it, it's a little different in every situation, but um, I've seen like, the power of really the the partner, the husband that has over birth. Like if they're supportive from the get-go, it's happening. Because, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, not always, but they're paying for it. They're, you know, the provider, um, they have their beliefs. And if, if they're for it, it's like shh, beautiful. But when that partner, that man, that husband that is, hesitant or has questions concerns they shut down the whole you know this is not happening so i've seen like that too uh 
Um, but yeah, once once they're both on board and they're supportive, like it's so beautiful. Like the the different homes, births I've been able to experience in terms of like uh, how active um, the partner is involved right it, not just not just at the birth like there are some dads like they're at every prenatal visit they're at every uh whether it's through zoom or, or in person now everything's like in person over here at least in jersey like a, a, like they're very um you know there and they want to you know and they have that privilege they, they don't have to you know be at work uh or they move their schedule around to make that happen so um yeah like i i feel like it's not just the birth they're very active from the very beginning prenatally and then also postpartum like that's those are the ones that i'm like like if you could find a partner who's gonna like honor those 40 days postpartum and be there for you and really like really support in that in your healing because you know some some life givers they bleed postpartum six to eight mm -hmm. weeks postpartum. some some don't um and so, yeah, those, those partnerships that I see, oops, are we still there? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Phone calls are always coming. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's more of the question, but I like, it's, it's that balance, that balance of ma the masculine and feminine coming together, whether it's the birth, but you know, but more like prenatal and postpartum now too. Yeah. 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 I definitely want to get into the postpartum 40 days, fourth trimester. Um, but before we do that, I, I really like what you said about uh, how important it is for the father to, or a non-birthing partner to be supportive. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like words in general, you know, we use words a lot and they often start to lose meaning or get watered down. And I think, I think a lot of men know they, they should be supportive or they're supposed to be supportive, but a lot don't really know what that looks like. So curious if you could shine some light on what, you know, what a supportive non-birthing partner looks like or does. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are a few like dads, partners, husbands that, that pop out and, and, like at least if we're focused specifically on the birth, like, um, you know, th those dads that have like wake up, you know, when her contractions start at one in the morning or whatever, and are like already starting the fire outside, you know, because they're like, that's one of the forgotten, you know, um, parts of birth, like that, that, I think existed in every in every culture tradition, like the importance of lighting that sacred fire, right? So that dad wakes up, you know, mom's with contractions here and there, but he goes and lights that fire. Um, I've seen dads like prepare so much cedar, enough cedar to cover the whole like sweat lodge grounds mm. and um, have that ready. And like when they start with the prayer, to me, that's just like, that 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 partner that non-birthing partner is on a whole other level like you know to hold her or the life giver the belly the baby and say that prayer like for everything you know that ceremony is beginning to go good like like that starts and some partners vocalize it out loud and it's beautiful 
right? And others could just say it in their mind. Like, maybe I don't know if they are or aren't, you know? And, and I've seen others go bust out the Bible and read out the verse too. And I'm like, that's all good. Like, however, to me, that's like very, you know, the, the spiritual part of it is very important because uh, like, I feel any partner that is grounded um, spiritually and understands those responsibilities moves so much. Yes, I believe in the science and, you know, I appreciate all the partners who are very hands-on doing double hip squeeze and massaging and get mm -hmm. down in the kitchen and are better cooks, chefs than some life carers, you know, like all that is beautiful too. And some aren't, but then they make it happen. You know, they have their their friends who bring the meal train or they get the mother-in-laws or whoever, you know, and like they make it happen. Um, so yeah, it's like all that. Like I've seen the the prayer part, the, the ceremonial part of it all, but also, yeah, just getting, getting hands-on supportive. If, sometimes I come to homes where there's this, this pregnancy is not the first baby, you know, there's other children they've had, one mom, they had 10, 10 children. Wow. Um, so that's like, yeah, you need, you, you need help. <laughs> you need to help with like basic things. I mean, some dads or partners get in the pool and are very like, oh, you pooped, you know, where's the fishnet getting out her poop or even wiping her bottom and like very like that. And there's others who are like, yeah, babe, I love you. No, that's all like mm -hmm. the midwife, you know, and they go over there and that's fine too. So everyone's different, but it just, depends on how how hands-on or, or their relationship really it's really like the the partner's relationship um it comes out more like at the birth like you know there's some very romantic there's flowers and candles and photos from when they first met to like the pregnancy and there's others who like they straight up just leave. Like they can't handle it. They'll go sleep in another room or they'll go out with the buddy and eat and come back later. Like, or there's reasons for that too. Like there's different people with culture, religions that they're not allowed to see so much blood or touch, you know, or, you know, so that everyone's different. But I feel like in one way, like the main message, I feel like a broken record is always like, just help, help with what skills, talents you have. I've seen these strong, you know, men with the big old shoulders and very warrior energy, like in front of their partner, like solid rock, whatever she needs. And then in like little moments, they'll go to the kitchen. They're like pulling their hair and they're like, what? like they're just like, but in front of her, like, you know, what do you need? Like, and so dads are, I get it, dealing with their own, you know, they're not carrying life, but they're you know, the creator of this life too. So they have their own feelings, emotions. Um, but yeah, like there's there, and it's unfortunate when the, when the partner passes out because we need them <laughs> like, like fully, but I've seen that too. So it's like, yeah. And, and we all take care of each other. Um, but yeah, I feel like, and, and, and the end, whether however much they want to get involved, like, this message is always just to help with what you can, right? Like, um, and, and no, and, and, and they usually do. So thank you for that. But yeah, there are some dads who are like from the very get go, just, just tell me what to do. Tell me like, um, cause they're, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, where does that come from? Like, you know, like, um, the ones that got it together and the ones that don't like, uh, yeah. So.
Yeah, definitely what I'm what I'm hearing is this like it's almost like an underlying sense of caring, right? In in the sense that it's like you want to give off the the energy that your partner can feel that's like no matter what, like I'm not going anywhere. And even if I don't know everything, like I'm going to do everything that I can to uh, be by your side and take care of you till this baby comes Earthside. You know, I think uh, I find I find that a lot of men, you know, are have like a control thing. You know, it's a lot of humans in general, but there's this idea of like wanting to be in control and you know, especially in the, the birth room, it's like, we, there is no control. No one's in control. You know, it's really just this, it's this whole process of like surrender. Um, and, you know, I've talking to other birth workers, you know, I've heard like a lot of, of the process of giving birth is like, is this like surrendering and softening? And I think as humans, in order to soften, like we have to have some sense of safety, right? Some sense of being, um, watched over, protected, taken care of. And I, th- I think for men, that's where we can really step up. And what I hear you saying is that can be uh, more on a spiritual aspect, you know, whether it's like praying, reading the Bible, like you said, or, or kind of setting up a birth altar, those sorts of things, or it could be more the logistical aspect, you know, uh, rubbing your partner's back, um, helping her. I know when Demetra gave birth, like she had to go up and down stairs a couple of times. So just like standing with her and helping her up and down the stairs, um, logistics and the postpartum. So, you know, I think you, you nailed in the sense that like, whatever it is, just help out. Yeah. 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 Cause there, there are like partners, dads, husbands, they're like, it, it, it's funny because I'm thinking about one right now where in the prenatal visits, he was always very like, um, I'll be there, you know, whatever she needs. But I, like, I don't want to catch the baby. I don't I don't want to cut the cord. Don't ask me to do these things. Like, because I'm always like, hey, what's your birth plan? And even though like some people come up with a 10, 13 page and I'm like, yeah, 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 do all that. Like, uh, but what's like specifics? Cause there's, if there's a certain song that, that, you know, that they have that, you know, let me know. So we get that going or, but there's, um, in the moment, this dad was like, um, it's so funny cause he, the baby was crowning and then he kind of like elbowed me out of the way and was like, he caught his son. And I was like, perfect. Like in the moment, everything changes. But I remember at so many prenatal visits, he was like, don't ask me to do that. And then in the moment, something moved him to do that. And we were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that I'm very like that hands off. Like I tell everyone at some point, like, yes, I went to school, you know, I'm in debt and I, you know, all this stuff. But like, I'm here as a midwife, but really as a guest, like this is your body, this is your birth, this is your space. And um, in case birth deviates from normal, like I'm here, you know, but like for the most part, it's beautiful. So like I encourage all moms, life givers to catch their own baby. And if they are not like in the different positions, whatever, then, then the partner, the father, like do it. And if they don't want to, then of course I will. Like uh, somebody always wants to, but, uh, but yeah, like so many, yeah, there's just so uh, like so many partners, fathers that they, they um, it's like, I don't feel you need to go take any workshop or like uh, a training or anything like your innate 
uh, love for your baby, for your partner, like it just kicks in and you kind of then just know what to do. So you, you can't go wrong. I mean, unless you just leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like that's like every, every partner is different. And I just feel like sometimes just their presence is there. Like just them being there, it makes the life giver, like you said earlier, like more relaxed. Like sometimes, you know, they're with the heart contraction, surge, birth wave, however people want to call it. And they don't want touch. They just want, you know, you know, your energy, your smell, your scent, your vibe there. Right. And that that's enough for some people. Like some are like, yeah, brush my hair. Others like, don't even touch my hair. You know, like it, it's just so different. And and you the partners know they're, you know, the life care better than any of us, than the midwife, the doula family. So like that always just helps. You know, we've got baby in, gets baby out. So that's always what helps the most. I love and, that. I love that. Yeah, there's um, you touched on just like that innate um, that innate caretaking aspect that we have in us. And that really comes out in in the birth room. And, uh, you know, especially that story of the dad is like, I don't want to catch the baby. And then as soon as it's coming out, you know, just kind of jumping in there. I think uh, going back to what I was saying before about men getting caught up in the logistical aspect of it, I think what a lot of men don't realize and I for sure did not realize until we were there is like this is going to be like one of the most beautiful incredible mysterious moments of your life and I remember um, the birth of our first our first child man just like going back to it you know it was it was really like we were in a completely different realm you know it's like people talk about plant medicine and you know obviously I I love uh, Native American church and the hikuri ways but there's like there's something that really just transports you when you're in that birth room when i was in that birth room as a dad that i i no matter how anyone tried to describe it i they never would have been able to put the exact words to it but really this um just like awaken i just i equate it to like awakening of my dna and different hormones coming out but just like snapping into action of like supporting my partner. And then, you know, the moment of, of, uh, seeing my son come out the, the birth canal there and catching him. And, you know, I, like, I can always go back to that moment now and just like, remember the, the, the smells and the feelings and like, just all everything that was present there. And like, it's like the birth of the most deepest love that you really ever have. At least that's how I hold it. Um, and I think it's it's such a huge gift that a lot of dads don't realize is coming uh, because we get caught up just in like how we're going to keep the ship afloat. I think uh, the other thing you were saying that I that I really liked and could resonate with was uh, like workshops and uh, childbirth education and the books and all that. And I know uh, Demetra definitely wanted me to read some books and all that. And I was like. I couldn't do it. I was like, nah, I can't, I can't do this. I don't really like to read that much anyway, at least, <laughs> at least if it's not something that I'm really into. Um, but I think there was an aspect for me that feels like a lot of the childbirth education is very um, birthing partner centered. If that makes sense. I feel like it really speaks to uh, really speaks to women in a way. And, and there, at least for me, it, it just felt like there was a disconnect there or it didn't really 
I didn't feel like it was addressing the concerns that I had when it was coming to birth. You know, I think, uh, you know, there's like the logistical aspects of like how I show up and we had a midwife and a doula and I'm so grateful for both of them, especially the doula, because I would have been like a deer in headlights. Uh, if it wasn't, it wasn't for her, she was really supportive and um, cueing me and things that I could do. Um, but, you know, I think some of the, like you were saying before, it, it's a, it's a transition for the dad as well, right? It's like life before being a father is dying and then you're, you're stepping into fatherhood. So like all those concerns come up and yeah, I guess, I guess I feel like none of the, none of the childbirth education was really focusing on that. So, you know, I got a lot of support from other dads and friends that had gone through the process, which I thought was uh, really, really helpful. I guess all of that is to ask the question, in your opinion, what, what do you feel like a man's role is in the birth, in the birth space? I know we talked about it a bit as far as supportive, but curious if there's anything else that comes up for you with that question. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, in, in everything that I do, there's, there is an imbalance of like masculine and feminine energies there. It's, we're not balanced. Um, and we could like argue and have all kinds of talks from politics to the medical field to the police, <laughs> like all this stuff, right? So, For but real. I feel like um, in birth, you know, people say that throughout the stones, throughout the world, the temples, like in Mexico, everywhere, it's, uh, sculptures, like original stone people, that there was always the life giver and other females right and then there's people always like did you ever see a man there and i'm like yeah that could be a man they could be wearing a long skirt you know they're sundance i don't know i was like i was like they're stones i was like i was like but yeah there are some with men it's written in the stones like and and even if it wasn't we're in this time now where i'm like we need like the that masculine like the, you know, the, like the, thinking of the energy of Quetzalcoatl, the direction of the east, the sun, like all that is balanced with life. You know, we, we need that fire. We need it there. So how it's being um, presented and experienced varies by home, but that we need that presence is beautiful. It's powerful. And it's not always very masculine. I know so many men are probably more feminine than me sometimes <laughs> so it that, and that's the reality of it um but like they created this life so they should be there and i feel every time like the tears come out and i feel like that just that love that warmth like the the core values of life like like uh, it, it's just beautiful and it's because it's that's the Mateo, that's that duality that's that those two spirits you know coming together this baby chose them and and that that that's that's creation right so we got to have them both and 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 yeah like i know plenty of dads are like i'm not gonna read those books i'm not gonna go do those workshops she has you know all these flyers and pamphlets for me and, so, and he they don't want to and i'm like you don't have to. And then there's the ones who like they've read every ACOG article and no more than me. And I'm just like, oh, shit, like this one, you know, like everyone's so different. But like um, at the at the end, like them being there is it's just 
that's that's the true power that's you know and that's that's like you know they help create the baby they help baby come and and it doesn't end there right like that's the whole thing like it's then yeah you didn't carry the baby for 10 months but you should for the rest of your life so you know that's just like the birth honestly is like the easy part that in my life experience that i've given birth three times like it's after the first breath of life till the rest you know of our lives that like then how is father or mother you know showing up like that for the babies but yeah like um yeah i i'm always going to be like encouraging and every time the dads call me like partners call me talking about like yeah their role and and because i remember even when i was a doula uh, being interviewed not not as a midwife but as a doula like dads would ask me like are you here to replace me because like you know and and there's articles about that too about how like um, birth workers are not there to replace the father or the partner um because uh everyone has a role and Mm -hmm. and you've got to figure out what it is for you um because we want you to be happy too not like it's okay to be nervous um worried uh like I'm thinking back to a VBAC mom, vaginal birth after cesarean. And, you know, they tell them the risk after if you had one C-section and, you know, the risk of then having a vaginal birth and like the husband, he was like, I don't want my baby or, you know, my wife to die. Like it comes down to that. So like there's, there's that worry, there's that fear and, and that's okay. But you just, we have that in life with so many other things and we mm-hmm. still work through it. We breathe through it. We make things happen through all that. So it's the same at birth. Like I feel you just gotta figure out uh, what's gonna help you like settle that and balance it. So, and then that helps with all this unevenness of masculinity, femininity, right? Absolutely. I really love the, that idea of doula replacing dad. And I know, you know, I have a couple of sisters who are doulas. My wife is a doula. And, you know, I think that's a common sentiment. Um, It's not that, how do I say it? What's the best way to say it? I guess it's, it's not so much that, um, that doulas are trying to replace fathers, but I think a lot of fathers get, um, I guess they're, they get triggered or feel like, feel like they're going to be useless. I think, I really feel like that's like the, that's like the cause of becoming defensive or for even that thought to spark. Um, you know, I also think there's like this element for men that if you need help, then you are incapable or you are weak or less than a man. I think that's a deep seated thing in a lot of men. Um, I'm curious how, how can men better or fathers better support doulas and midwives? Yeah. I mean, a lot of ways I feel number one is like, uh, like this whole, you know, home birth is less than 5% in the whole Turtle Island US, right? Um, so less than 5% of all births are home births. And, um, and, you know, there it's, I mean, probably since the pandemic numbers have gone up here and here by state, but like if dads that have experienced the home birth start speaking about it just as much as moms, like I feel it, it will change because they're, there's different powers with the different like voices and masculine and feminine voices, right? So, 
I feel like that is like the number one, right? Um, like just sharing the stories and uh, getting it out in all in all platforms. Like, um, but then you know, like personally, day to day, like when um, moms call me and they're like, "I want a home birth," but and my one of my questions in my consult is always, "What makes you want the home birth?" Right? And like a lot of the times they're like, well, I'm not going to help the life giver convince their partner. Like, that's not my role. So um, like, that's the other thing. Like, uh, like if dad's partners could be more supportive by supporting their, their life, their loved one, their life giver, like on this. Um, and yes, I know the, like, a lot of people think, oh, home birth is a very privileged thing. It's for the rich. Like, no, there's, you know, there's um, some states, it, it, it varies, but sometimes, you know, like different insurances cover so much and like, there's always a way. And then there's all these, and there's like, so that financial part is also a big part because not always, I mean, I know there's like, uh like i don't know the exact statistics on like incomes between men and women now but like i, I know for the most part personally when they call like the husband father is paying for it so it's uh like like the financial part is important but it, it's everything the education the sharing the stories the financial part and then um um like talking amongst, I guess, men themselves. Like, I don't know, I'm not in those circles. I'm not a man, I don't know. Like, I know women, we talk about it, everything. Like we have all the circles. We just had a breach workshop last Friday at my house and we have gatherings on resuscitation, shoulder dystocia, like everything I do, whether it's midwifery associate or as a mom, like sometimes how it ties back to birth, right? So mm -hmm. in ceremony, birth, like everything. And so like, are men doing that? Are you having that discourse amongst birth? Um, is it okay? You know, is, is your partner like allow, uh, are you guys okay with that? Sharing that much too? Because birth is very sacred like i'm thankful always to all the people posting everything on social media because that's how we learn stuff but there's a lot of like at least my posts are usually reviews or welcoming babies or little by little some do share but that's very personal to like put your whole body online and expose everything so then sometimes they don't even want to share like what's happening but amongst brothers amongst uh you know uh, like you, you could have those talks and that that always helps because then it trickles some thought in another future daddy's life you know so it, yeah but I feel like and 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 there and I know a lot of men who are already doing that who are supporting us that way who like even you right now with this podcast everything with Demetra like like a lot of the men I know around the red road like they're on it like it's like we're all together but I feel like it's uh, there needs to be more like for men out there who I guess aren't connected to ceremony or because that's usually where we like see y'all like for a while they were like have men circles and I was like yeah it's gonna be all the men from the TV like who else <laughs> like um, but yeah that's all good too like uh, yeah yeah I, I really like the element of one advocacy 
right? So, so really men uh, taking it upon their themselves, not necessarily to preach, but like talk about our stories of home birth, you know? And I think um, a lot of times we can think of just birth in general as a woman's thing, kind of like you were mentioning before, um, but it, it's a family thing. It's a life thing. It's like how all of us came here. Um, so really talking about our experiences, our stories, and, and I think uh, you were talking about it, uh, home birth stirs up a lot of fear, especially in men. You know, I know for me, I, w- I was scared, not necessarily home birth, just like the whole birthing process, you know, like my, my father's mother died during birth, you know? And so like that, that was just like something I learned at a young age. So it was like always like a, a fear. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's still something that uh, we can advocate for and really talk to other men about, uh, especially men that aren't fathers yet, but are like on that trajectory um, in the sense of calming fears and nerves and really addressing things that, that are there because a lot of times men will just like keep that to their heart and not talk about it. And then it affects all the decisions that, that are made from there. Um, And then I also love the other aspect, which is like men being encircled together and actually talking about, life talking about birth you know a lot of times we talk about um work and you know i've been in men's circles for a long time so we talk about so many different things and really essential um but that birth and starting a family can be just as large of a part of our conversations as well so that we can support and take care of each other in that way so that then we can go back and support and take care of our families all right so so there's the birth. And then after the birth, there's a baby, right? And then it starts the whole um, postpartum and just like the rest of this child's life. So um, we talked about the 40 days a bit. And I think, uh, you know, kind of goes along with what's occurring before, which is being supportive. And it looks a little bit different, you know, meal trains, washing dishes, really just helping. Um, I see it as, as really helping the birthing partner uh, develop a bond with the baby. Cause that's like the most important thing at, at that point, as well as uh, really supporting them in, in healing. Um, but then there's just like their whole life of, of raising children. And I know you have three boys. So what's it been like for you raising three boys? Yeah. So, I mean, Asha is 15. Well, is eight and Thlet seven. And I mean, as a single mom for the past five years, it's been really hard, but you know, they have their dad and um, he's in Texas. Um, and so we do our part now to do the co-parenting from New Jersey and Texas. They're with me. Um, but yeah, like that's why I say too, the birthing, the being pregnant was beautiful. The birth, easy. Um, the postpartum for me was also a beautiful journey. Um, and then since so I was got divorced, separated when I was two, right? So the past five years is it's been hard. But like I've, I've, that's my everyday prayer, like um, um, to just be the best mom that I can for them as I try to be the best midwife that I can for all mothers. And, you know, I, I'm not going to force them to eat hikuri, to go into the sweat lodge, to put on the koyoli, do danza. But like, like I feel they see, they see how we live. And then they, 
they learn from that and they they their own you know creators they take on from that what they what they like um but you know the love is all i have for them and you know it's uh I'm, I've, I love that I can see so many families and, and see how they're doing it too. Because like I said, growing up in foster care, I didn't have my mom or dad to teach me those, uh, you know, I've learned how to become a mother around the fireplace from other mothers, from other fathers. And mm -hmm. so for a long time, people are like, oh, your mother and father. I'm like, no, I'm their mother. They have a father, you know, like, and that's, that's very like, they know that like, um, um, and so, yeah, uh, like Flats over here talking about, I'm gonna be a midwife like you, mom, and, and uh, like, let's do it. And then Quo uh, and Asher like, yeah, no. Um, but you know, they have their own what, what they what they want to do. And so, yeah, like I told them, like that's what life's really about. Like what what makes you happy, and like that to to do choose a career in your life, right? That that is not like you like you said that it's not work like or work to not work you know that whole philosophy so uh, and so yeah like um but right now it's all you know they're little so right now it's a lot of just sports uh eating meals at home and they see everything i do let's always like ah, oh, your moms are mean because you know they don't let you take the baby home and when are you gonna bring a baby home like there's not a baby so like yeah but they've been at a few births themselves too so that's you know that's the thing like every every parent i see i'm like your kids do what you do so they see this is what i do and they're like you know they've they've got, they've had that that honor to get a few births asha caught to let himself uh seven years wow. ago so, you know he they have that bond and um and so yeah like uh i just i just do my part every day to just be uh, a better mom to them and and yeah those those ages for those who have babies kids you know uh seven eight and fifteen yeah yeah that's it, it keep you active <laughs> yeah. no no shortage of uh challenges yeah i i really i love the aspect of they see how we live and i think it's uh it's such a cornerstone to parenting and i think a lot of a lot of dads can get caught up in like what am i going to say what am i going to teach them it's like well they don't really care what you say they just watch what you do and so you know one of the questions that i want to ask you that you've kind of already partially answered is like when it comes to teaching them or like passing down your culture like the indigenous ways um, that you carry and follow like what i guess what's the what's the most difficult aspect of that you know raising three boys and this culture this society yeah I mean, like, like right now, we're Tleta Nemontemi baby, right? Like on the Mexica calendar, there's the the five Nemontemi days, so our Mexica New Year's on Saturday, and like I, I try to keep up with all that as best I can, so they know like these five days have been like a lot of reflection, uh, meditating on the whole 365 uh, solar count, and then. Um, um, just gratitude like like lately i've been like these past five days has been all that so um they they i don't know how much of that they grasp right now but they they know you know oh there's another calendar oh and that that's they know their names come from that you know like they i tell them 
you can change your name at any time in your life. Like if you don't want to be Ashayaka, Koteotlewitzin, like you can change it whenever you want. I was like, you don't have to be attached to anything, right? So, um, but they like their names and that's with the with the calendar, with the stars, with their people. So they're connected that way. Um, and and then like, yeah, every, every um, like with Asha right now, it's like he's, you know, into football or basketball or trying to figure out sports and working out all the time right now. And so I'm like, yeah, like that's the main thing, right? Our bodies are our 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 temples, the most sacred. And like he knows everything. Like there's no secrets with us, right? So like he knows everything I've been through, what his dad did, why we divorced, and and so I always make like all these things like uh like teaching points you know like like i always say when i hear people like we go through hard relationships and stuff and they're like oh amen or this and this and that i'm like no i always say i have three sons and i'm gonna raise three like beautiful sons because i know there are very good men out there i see them when i go into their homes and and I, I don't know everything but sometimes in 10 months you do find out a lot and so i like i i um I, I I keep telling them like you know from all the the whether it's our culture the teepee uh, the lodge the births like whatever they see like um, things that I disagree with or I'm like no that's not based on integrity and love and respect and beauty you know like and I'm I, you, yes try to stay positive and everything but like turn it into a teaching point right so like that like they're they're right now through that phase and then um yeah uh and Tlet are probably like what what now but Tlet, asha gets it you know he's, he's in high school he gets it and so yeah that's that's i i pray that they that they always want to you know sit around the half moon and that they go in the lodge when we have them sometimes you know once or twice a month at the at the backyard so they help out with the fire they help out like they see everything so i'm like yeah hey, you can do this too you know and they like it they like doing that stuff um but yeah like i i just pray they they continue it and it's day by day so like they they whatever they want to do but i i'm always like you know, growing up fourth generation Chicana with Mexica, Wiradica roots, but not speaking Nahuatl or Wira fluently. Like I had a great grandma who she said, you know, one of you is going to pick up this connection either to herbs or to danza or to the Red Road. Right. And and I have one out of eight siblings. The rest aren't, you know, so I'm always like my prayer for my kids is that that they stay connected to our indigenous way of life. And that could be so many in any fields, but in so many different ways, right? So, and and that yeah, that's the prayer that they keep getting surrounded around like like good men, like you, and you know, positive like men that really honor what I feel is important, like um, family and and love, respect, like the beauty way, you know, that we talk about. So like they, 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 there's so much they can get from me as a mom, but they get so much more from all the other like uh, relatives. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting aspect of parenting in the sense that, uh, I mean, you know, more than me, I'm starting to see more now that my son is three is that like, wow, I only have so much influence in my son's life. 
you know, obviously I'm his dad and I get to spend the most time with him, you know, up to now, but like now that he's going to school and all that, it's like, there's so many influences and so many other things that they learn from outside of the home. And, uh, I really resonate with that, that element of, you know, the prayer that they stay close to the fire and, and to the ways. And, uh, just like anything with any human beings, like the more you pressure them into something, it's like the more they, they want to pull back. Um, so really just like finding that balance, giving them opportunities to uh, see you in it. Right. And uh, giving them opportunities to help out and be fun. The other thing that you said that I really liked is um, really teaching life lessons to kids. I, I always put it in the sense of like, I talk to my, I talk to my kids like they're adults you know, in, in the sense of like, I don't try to dumb anything down or water it down. And that's like my son who's three and my daughter who's one, you know, even her who can't even like say these words yet, but, you know, really just looking for moments to talk about, you know, in the car today, my, my son asked me like, what's respect, you know, cause it was like in a song or something like that. So it's like, well, I just, I just told him what my definition of respect is, you know, and, and just like use, use their curiosity to deliver these things. And yeah, he, he probably doesn't understand every aspect of how I define respect, but it's like planting the seed. And then it's like the continuing of watering the seeds, you know, over time. And uh, you know, we can't do that if we're trying to avoid difficult uh, concepts or um, uncomfortable conversations with our children. Yeah. 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 I've always been like, you know, the, my sons, the boys, they see me, they, they see me cry, they know why. They see me all happy, they know why. Like, I, I, I don't sugarcoat things. And people are, some people are like, even when it comes to, like, you know, Christopher Columbus and everything they teach about all that stuff, like, I'm like, no, you know what happened? And then I tell them. And then and people, some people will be like, don't do that. And, um, and I'm like, I, you know, I, when I was studying for my PhD, I looked up so many different philosophers of education and Jerome Bruner, I remember his whole take was like, you could teach a child any subject as long as it's at their own developmental level. So yeah, there's like, they'll know why, then I need to know every <laughs> single part of it, but enough to where like they get it and then they make their own um, interpretation of that, I guess. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel, yep, that's, that's, that's like part of being a mom and dad. That's like, um, it's all connected, but like, yeah, prenatal birth, postpartum, it's, 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 it, it is what it is. And then, and then I feel like the real <laughs> life work begins like as they're growing, you know, and, and that's at least, you know, as a sun dancer, like, um, person sits behind medicine that's always been the prayer for all children like to have you know i i wish in all my heart that i had had my mom and dad together and mm. i did so i wished in all my heart that i was you know that i had for my sons with their dad what i wanted it didn't so i keep praying for that for everybody else because I see some families who do have that and it's so beautiful. And then I see the ones that don't and then we just help each other out. And that's family too. Like, so that's what I've been learning around. Like everything as a midwife and as a mother is that sometimes your community is more of your family than your blood. Mm. And that's just the way it is. Um, so we all help each other out and 
and uh, and our kids are going to be fine as long as we stay close to that beauty way, whether it's around a fire or not. But as long as it's founded in those core values of life, of 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 living life as ceremony, birth as ceremony with love and respect, integrity, you know, beauty, like it, it's all good. So that's like always the same prayer everywhere I go, and and I just always keep talking about that because um, we need that good medicine. Yeah. 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 It's definitely my, my personal belief that the, the family unit is the most powerful force in the universe, you know, and it's, it's more than just like mom, dad, baby, right. It's, it's the, it's the whole community and, and family has the the power to create life and the power to sustain life. And, you know, this, this concept of the nuclear family being the only thing that a child needs is like, it's ridiculous because it's fucking hard, (laughs) You know, it's a, it's a lot of work. And I, I think the, this, the, the most beautiful thing about the red road for me is I found amazing aunties and uncles for my children. Right. And that, um, that fire and that medicine brings, uh, it brings good people around. And then those are the people that my children get to be around and, uh, they get to be around people like you who can teach them and show them and exemplify things that I, I'll never be able to, because I'm not you, you know, I don't have, I don't have the medicine that you have. I don't have the gift that you have, but I can recognize your greatness and I can make sure you stay close to, to me and my family for a long time, you know? So that's like, uh, that's really been the most beautiful gift of the medicine and definitely uh, the main prayer for me as well. Keep them close to good people, good culture, good medicine, all that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm always like, you know, like growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 39 this year and, but you know, I, I think back to my siblings and other friends and I'm like, we can't blame the way we grew up, whether it was, you know, in poverty, sexual abuse, parental abandonment, all these things that we've experienced are actions on any of that. You know, it's very hard to break a cycle of violence. Of, uh, you know, it's very hard, but we do. And, and some of us break out of that. And then like, we can go back to that because that, you know, not just our own kids, but all, like you said, all the other children that were around, like are looking up to all that. So yeah, that's, that's, I know it's, it, it's a whole other branch from what we're talking here, but it, it is connected to like, really like when I talk about living life and ceremony, honoring birth, the ceremony, it, it goes beyond that. Right. And, and then we can't, people shouldn't use, their life experiences of, of traumas, of, of bad things that happened as an excuse to keep, you know, doing the same stuff. And so, yeah, that's, that's like also one of the, the teachings that I'm always like, not just with the boys, but with like people, I'm like, okay, what's your story? And I'm like, yeah, it's hard. It sucks. It's sad. And then lately people are like, well, you know, or why why is this our assignment in life right now and it's like no 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 we'll choose a different one like you know Mm -hmm. like the like don't get stuck there it's just that thought process so choose something else and make it better right so absolutely i think i think the whole um the the journey of reclaiming power personal sovereignty autonomy is um has to do with uh 
it's not like throwing out our past traumas or the things that have occurred to us. It's like being able to make decisions for ourselves and who we want to be and how we want to, um, how we want to be in the world. That's not based on those, right. Or that's not, um, directly in line with those. So for example, like if, if my, my father was abusive, it's like, whether I continue to be abusive, that's, that's like, you know, using my trauma to continue the cycle. Or if I choose to be something completely different as a direct correlation to what he did, it's still like that situation or him having power over me. Right. There's like the element of um, healing, whatever that looks like. I think it looked really different for a lot of people. And then coming to my own um, grounded, sober state. And from there choosing like, who's the man I want to be for my children. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We covered a lot here. We went all over the place. I, I really, really appreciate it. I just, uh, the other one more question is like, you know, you have your midwifery practice, you're serving incredible families, um, carrying your altars and, and just being of service to people in so many different ways. I'm, I'm curious what, what's next for you? What's next for me? Man, I keep looking back and forth, like, cause <laughs> I'm like, you know, midwifery, I'm always gonna be thankful to this program that, you know, I I, uh, I learned so much, I got licensed here, but there's so much to midwifery than what is Western mm. and in New Jersey, New York. So I keep going back and forth, like, do I just wait a few more years for the boys to get a little bit older um, and branch out and start doing like international midwifery? And like I thought of going to New Zealand, Haiti, uh, Jamaica, Mexico, different just places and and live there a year at a time, you know, and, do, and then I'm like, ah, you know, or just wait till Asha finishes high school and then do that with Paul and Blair. But, but so that's a thought. But for right now, I'm like, you know, what's next is just always continue learning because we're no matter how many degrees we get we're always students and continue learning and just being better at what i'm already doing like uh because it's not for me it's for all these other moms and there's always something that when you just think you're trying to figure something out there's something else so it's like always just like yeah i'm, I'm always like give me creator give me like the 10 best midwives in the whole world and let me study them interview mm -hmm. them them, be them like you know because that's that's kind of like the way it was with the hikuri and like when we first started that relationship was like or any plant it's like you know plant plant it become it sleep with it talk to it dream with it eat it like be it, it like so i feel like that when you when you start yeah like doing that and it, there's always just room for growth so there's ideas but no like just uh i love what i do i just want to stay alive <laughs> not for like i can't imagine my big prayers i want to be i want to live to 104 and 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 so that's the thing like eating good and working out and staying healthy and and uh getting sleep here and there when <laughs> that's good that's amazing um I guess the the last thing is 
you know, if there was a, there was a family, you know, sitting across the table from you and asking you for some wisdom as they are about to embark on, you know, the process of uh, bringing life into this world and sustaining life, uh, what, uh, what pearls of wisdom would you share with them? Yeah. Well, one, I'd say have a home birth. <laughs> <laughs> have a home birth. Um, I mean, and, and that's, people are always like, is it safe? But it's never a yes or no question, right? It's always like, well, it, that, that, that partner, that couple, it would be it'd depend like on their medical history. Like, are you low risk or not? So like assuming it's the best picture. Yeah. Like have a home birth and, and communicate and do what is best for you guys, regardless of what your mother, his mother, you know, or father, whoever thinks, um, politics, whatever, like, uh, do what's good in your heart for you. And just, uh, yeah, find, find the, the medical people, the professional people who, who align with your, with your, um, philosophy, uh, mission of, of life, of birth, um, because there's there's good people everywhere but uh there's just always different ideas so it's always like yeah what's what sits good for you um but yeah keep home birth <laughs> rising <laughs> take it back because i feel like one one family at a time we're taking it back like everybody could trace it back to somebody was born at home hospitals are a few hundred years old so it's like keep keep um like that in everything like the indigenous way of life going but also like in it with life like uh like as natural as possible and if you believe in the plants like i've seen so many births with with you know medicine preyed on by different elders and and that that blessing so yeah balance 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 western um medicine ideas philosophies with your traditions whether you're indigenous or not and and just like that balance of both right i love yeah. that reclaiming it come back home give birth at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amazing and last but not least t uh for all the listeners out there how can they stay connected with you anything that you're offering right now uh yeah let them know yeah i mean if you're in New Jersey, New York, <laughs> and pregnant, like that's what I do. But, but if not, like uh, I see, I meet a lot of different people around the fireplace, different places. So we're always connected that way because, uh, yeah, the laws are different all throughout the states and Central South America. But um, yeah, we're all we're all in it for you know for justice and peace. So uh love like all that good stuff so um yeah just stay connected uh through like social media like this or or get around the fireplace and um or circle any circle birth circle whatever and yeah just exchange right exchange and <laughs> enjoy the moment live good life Amazing. Well, we'll definitely put your Instagram and your website in the show notes. T. Karim is also an incredible author and has got some really good books. So definitely check those out as well. But yeah, that all be in the show notes. Well, T, I'm really, really grateful for your time and your wisdom and just like just your way of 
viewing life. Thank you for sharing all this good knowledge with uh, myself and all the listeners. I know it's going to help a lot of people and I'm looking forward to our paths continuing side by side, remaining connected and uh, yeah, much love to you and the boys. Yes, yes, yes. What a fire conversation. Really enjoyed that time with T. I hope you did as well. Even if you're not a father, that's not the stage of life that you're in currently. I know there's something from this conversation that you take away with you. One of the biggest things that stood out for me is this element of service, right? Us as men looking for ways that we can be of service. Now, whether that's in the labor room or that's at work or that's with our partners or that's with some random stranger, there's always an opportunity for us to be of service and to step up and do what we can do in order to make someone else's life a little bit easier or make them a little bit happier or make things just flow a little bit smoother, whatever it is, really looking for opportunities where we can use our gifts, our power, in order to help someone else. And at the root of service is us trusting ourselves. And I really got that from this conversation with T. Once again, thank you for tuning in with Fam Life, with me, Phil Gomez. Stay tuned for more beautiful conversations that are coming up in the future. Until next time, much love and stay up.